0: Welcome to another episode of Equip TV. We are broadcasting here. Wait. Something wrong with it. It's starting. Huh? We're broadcasting here. Um, We're on Facebook Live right now. We're doing, uh, um, really trying to get into some Facebook Live programming. And my name is Sherry Diabald with Equip TV. I'm so excited to be with you today. And uh, we're gonna talk with you on this episode about a exciting topic. And I hope you're tuning in because this is called Raising Up Champions. Did you know that God is looking for champions? and you could be one of them you could be one of the champions that God is looking to raise up and I want you to tune in today and just really listen to this episode because God's looking for champions and that could be part of your destiny to be a champion for God to bring glory to him to make his name famous. So I am so excited that you're watching today and I just want to talk to you about four principles to what it's going to take to become a champion for God. You know, four principles. It's it's, you know, and I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can grasp these principles and make them part of your life story, part of the pattern of your life, you will be well on your way to Becoming a champion for the Lord, you know, and um, I know there's so many out there right now. Maybe you are a champion, and if you're not, we'll call you a champion in training. Is that a good good thing to to be called a champion in training? So let's talk about these four principles to becoming a champion. Um, first principle. Okay, And I want you to listen to this because it's going to sound, it's not going to sound that great to start with, but as I get going in it, you're really going to like it. The first principle of becoming a champion is to lose as much as you can. Lose as much as you can. So um, what do I mean by that? You know, if we look in the Bible, it's hard to find a better example of a champion than the Apostle Paul. Right, the apostle Paul. He did great works for God. He um, his words were con- to be were considered to be the very words and the works of the Lord. You know, so he was a real champion for God. And what was his secret? You know, he had a secret, and his secret was this: instead of trying to trying to gain everything, he worked really hard at trying to lose it. You know, and that was Paul's biggest secret. Um, This can be a bit of a foreign concept to us here in North America, right? The the American dream is to is to have everything and to um, you know be well looked after and all that kind of stuff, um, where everything else around us is designed to entice us and create a desire for wanting, needing, and more, right? Every street we drive down has advertising. Every store has, um, you know, a temptation, you know, to have us in, be enticed for more. You know, so it is, it is a little bit of a different mindset to get around. Um, but Here's what I want to talk about, you know, and that's our culture, but I want to talk to you about the spiritual mindset of not having the same mindset of what we see in our culture today, but to having the mindset of letting go of things, Um, and that's what Apostle Paul did. Um, So let's talk about this. Paul was different in his earthly economy. Um, Loss meant heavenly gain. Okay, he was willing to lose all so he might gain the fullness of Jesus Christ. Okay, and I just want to jump into the Bible here and and back this up with some scriptures so you know it's the truth, you know it's the word of God, so you're not just taking my word for it. So Philippians 3, verse 7 to 9 says this, Okay. And this is Paul. I'm um, talking to the Philipp- Philippian church. He says, "I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law; rather," I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right, right with him depends on faith. Okay, so, so he counts all everything in the world as garbage compared to knowing Christ, right? And that's a powerful statement. You know, Paul followed Christ's example, and, and Christ was the same way. He gave up his very life. So that he could have eternal life, so that he he would um, pay the eternal price for our sins, right? Everything else was not as important, you know. And I think so much, so many times we get wrapped up in what we see temporarily around us, you know. We don't we don't pay attention so much as the eternal plan that God for us, has for us, right? So, um, you know, and Paul understood that. He looked at things through eyes of eternity, and that meant losing as much as he could. Um, okay he He gave up even his life in the end mark eight thirty four to thirty six uh, then calling the crowd to join his disciples. Jesus said this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your very soul? you know, and um, I do want to say this though, that Paul, he could have coasted his whole life right, Paul was not you know, he he was very accomplished right before he found the Lord or before the Lord found him rather um, as a young man, he was a star in the Jewish academic world um, but after meeting Christ he could have stayed a student of the law um, while having a secret relationship with Christ, but he didn't He he could have still advanced as a Jewish scholar and still had you know all the notoriety and all the accolades, and not experience the rejection that he went through. But he he gave up all that, right? He gave up the success that he had worked for all of his life to follow Christ. He have gave up the acceptance of people that he knew to follow Christ. Um, you know, and he threw it all away as trash. You know, and um, uh, can you think of an example in your life? You know, where where. Once you came to know the Lord, right? You had an opportunity to give something up. You know, I, I know I can. I worked for many, many years to uh, teach in a Bible school, right? And I actually became the associate dean of a Bible school. and And I thought, yeah, this is you know all my hard work. This is what I've I've been working so hard to, you know. And then the Lord said, you know, it's time to let that go. So, so basically, I let that go, and I didn't know why or what. I just had to fully trust in God and have faith in his plans for my life. And I out of, you know, out of that, um, even though it was a spiritual thing, right, it still would, it was um, uh, a decision point in my time. You know, am I even going to give up something that was good for something that was God? You know, so so that's the important, following the example of the Apostle Paul, is that you not looking at these earthly things as more important than the obedience of Christ and following him, right? So I hope that makes sense to you. Paul, he pushed, he pressed, he sprinted until the day he died. He had passion. Right? do you have passion for the things of God do you have passion for eternal things um, he never let that passion dissipate he guarded himself from becoming apathetic or indifferent towards the things of God right? there is something that just rose up inside of him and that leads to point number two I want to talk about in becoming a champion okay, the second principle in becoming a champion for the Lord and this is important and this is really going to excite you um, and, and number two Okay, listen to the yes in you. Listen to the yes in you. So in order to say yes to God's plan, we must first be willing to say no to other plans. Okay, Um, Luke 14, 16 to 26. So Luke 14, verse 16 to 26. Jesus turned to them and said, and he sent his servant at supper time to say those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. Okay, so this is the parable of the banquet. And all with one consent, now listen to this, this is important, they began to make excuses. So he's having a banquet, and he starts to invite all these people to come to the banqueting table and to feast, you know, such amazing food and and, and to be with the bridegroom and to be in the presence of it and to be in that atmosphere. And it was a good thing, exciting thing, and they began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I beg you, have me excused. And another said, "I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I beg you, have me excused." And another said, "I have a married, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come." And coming up, that servant reported these things to his lord. Right? So they even, he even blamed his wife for not being able to come. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, "Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind." And the servant said, "Lord, it is done as you have commanded." And still there is room. And so the Lord said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I say to you, none of these men who were invited shall taste of my supper. And great crowds went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay. So, what was the point that Jesus was telling this story? Okay. He was trying to teach them the cost of being a disciple. The banquet represents the goodness and the plans of God. You know, and I believe right now, you know, the Holy Spirit is on this earth and He's trying to draw in and compel many to come into the goodness of God, to come and, and, and feast at the Lord's plans and, and His purposes. And just like in this story, um, the reasons that they gave for not attending, what did the Lord call them? He called them excuses. Excuses, you know, and and excuses can stop us from becoming a champion for the Lord, right? So do we make excuses when we have opportunity to be in God's presence? Do we make excuses when we have, um, you know, opportunity to start to engage in the goodness of God, you know, and, and what did, what did they, they blamed everything from the work that they were doing, right, to the um, responsibilities that they had, and even their own spouses, right? Have you ever been hindered by those things and, and said, well, I can't do this for God because, and you made an excuse. Or I can't do that for God because my spouse isn't there yet. He doesn't understand, or she doesn't understand, right? And they, they make excuses, you know. And um, and really, that's where our faith needs to come in, and saying, you know, God, I don't want to neglect. My responsibilities in life. I don't want to neglect the things around me, but I do want to be obedient to you. So yes, Lord, help help me to be obedient to you and have that obedient heart. You know, so listen to the yes in you, right? When when God's calling you into His plans and His purposes, you know those excuses might rise up inside of you, right? Because it's self and and you know and this is an important principle in becoming a champion but to listen to the spirit of god and say yes lord right? Yes, Lord, I will do what you've asked me to do, you know, you know in spite of my excuses, in spite of my fears, um, you know, in spite of the things going on around me, okay? So um, the last part of this, when he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, in his own, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple, okay? Do you think that Jesus literally meant that we have to hate our families to be his disciple? No, not at all. The, the actual Greek word um, for, for hate in this one is actually, it actually means this, to love less than. To love less than. Okay, so he, he knew that families would try to get in the way of God's purposes and His plans. Because they're the ones closest to us. They're the ones that can impact the most in our lives. And He knew that that could potentially hinder us. Right? The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Right? So we can still love our families But he should be first place on the throne of our hearts. You know, and God is looking for champions where he can be first place in our hearts and in our lives, where we'll say yes to him, right, regardless of anything else going on in our lives or anyone else that's in our lives. Right? So so love God more love your families, but love God more than more than them. Right? So how do we combat these excuses? Listen to the yes in you. Right? Something inside of you will rise up and just listen to the yes. Okay, don't pat it down by making excuses. Don't instantly assume you can't do something for God when He's asking you. Right? Assume you can. Assume you can unless He shows you unless He shows you something else. Matthew 26, verse 40 to 41 says this. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the Spirit is willing and your body is weak. So the Holy Spirit if we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, the Holy Spirit resides in us, right? However, we need to say yes to our spirits even when our flesh and bodies are saying no, okay? So be a champion. Part of being a champion is praying, praying to God, right? And. It seems like, I don't know, I've I've run prayer ministries, I've run corporate prayer gatherings and overseen prayer ministries for many, many, many years. And there's always, always a battle. It's always a battle to get people out to pray. You know, because our flesh is so strong and excuses come and, and everything else, and, and God's champions don't make excuses. Right? They give that up. So if you're a champion in training, stop making excuses when God is calling you to be in his presence. When God is calling you to, to, to times of personal prayer or times of corporate praying, you know, don't make excuses for that, but just say, listen to the yes in you and say no to the, to the flesh. Say no to those who excuses and those things, you know, because it is part of your journey in becoming a champion for him, you know, and, and he's created you, so don't say you can't, I know some of you are watching right now and you're saying, but I, but I can't, I can't, yes you can, because God created you to be that champion, and that's so exciting, that's so exciting, um, You know, to to live for Jesus fully and respond to his voice, there's something that we have to learn to do. And, you know, this is a lesson I've learned over the years. And this is for free, so this isn't one of our principles, but I want to throw this in because I know it's going to impact some of you. um, But save save your fuel. Save your fuel. Okay, so you want to know what I mean by that? If God's called you to do important things, don't fill up your life doing a hundred other things in a week. Right? Running here, running there, um, you know, tiring yourself out so then all of a sudden when, you know, when something comes up, an opportunity or an assignment God has for you um, comes up and you're like, well, I'm too tired, you know, I can't do that. Well, you're probably too tired because you've burnt up your fuel doing every other thing instead of prioritizing your life for God. So that's a freebie. So save your fuel. Um, uh, thirdly, stay part of a healthy body of believers. Okay, so whether you're involved with a church or an organization, it's so important for you to, to be with other like-minded people that are living for God that will encourage you. Hebrews 10.27 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Right. So every time we're worshiping together or praying together or, or um, digging into the word of, of the Lord, it's going to encourage us. So um, that's important. I don't want to stay on this one too long, but one of Satan's strategies against champions is this. Isolation. Okay, if he can isolate us from other people, from other believers, um, he will decrease our effectiveness and our purpose. Because when we're isolated, it's easy for us to get our eyes on on our problems, on our problems and stay there right when we're, when we 're with other people, it kind of helps our perspective and it helps to get our eyes back onto the Lord. Right? Um, do you have a problem out there today in your life? Is there something uh, that, that seems so huge and it's magnified in your life and you know that it's, um, you know, maybe it's a health problem. I just feel like somebody's watching right now and, and there's, a, like, there's a serious health problem when you're like, well, how can I be a champion for God when I'm struggling with, with these things? You know, and some of you are watching, you have problems with um, uh, people in your family and, and, and it's causing you discouragement. You know, and as we magnify God, in our eyes um, he will the problems will become smaller and smaller and he'll become bigger and bigger right so magnify the Lord and um He's in control. You know, trust Him with it. You know, pray, intercede, ask others to pray and have faith in God that He'll do it. But, you know, part of being a champion is magnifying the Lord and minimizing the obstacles in our lives. Okay? And so that was number three. The fourth and final way I want to talk about um, becoming a champion for God is this breaking off limitations. Do you have a limitation in your life? Okay, so I'm gonna quickly just run through four limitations that can hinder us. Um, we can have a spiritual limitation. Um, Isaiah chapter six verse one: the prophet's vision of God had been limited until the year that King Uzziah d- died. So there can be a spiritual limitation um, that you know spiritually something's going on or there's circumstances that aren't in place yet that that are limiting what we can do for God. Okay, so that's one type of limitation. Another type we've talked about this lots already, but fear, fear can limit. A Christian from achieving or maximizing our potential. Um, you know, Second Timothy one verse seven says, "God has not given us a spear, a spirit of fear, rather, but of power, love, and of sound mind." Okay, so spear, fear can be a spirit. Right. So what do we do as spirits? We take authority over them and we say fear go in Jesus' name, spirit of timidity you bow in the name of Jesus, and and boldness rise up. Boldness for the Lord rise up in Jesus' name. Okay. So, so fear is a spirit, a spirit of fear can hold us back and we have the authority through the name of Jesus Christ to come against that spirit of fear and, and to speak boldness into our lives and boldness into our spirits. Okay. Um, another limitation is the limitation of our, of the mind. Okay, it's our thinking. Um, i 've heard it used to be called stinking thinking, right We can think negatively or um, the Bible says to beware of evil foreboding, so always thinking the worst when we 're thinking the worst we 're not trusting God and having faith in what he can do we 're fearing failure we're fear we're fearing our demise maybe we 're fearing um, financial destruction right whatever it is you know the Bible talks about renewing our mind to the word of the Lord. And God wants us to renew our mind so that our thinking is lined up with the Word of God. And the Word of God is filled with faith. Right, So that's another limitation. Um, and God wants us to free our thoughts from these limitations. Okay. Um, your chance in life and journey to greatness begins with a change in our thinking. Okay. Philippians 4.8 says whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's anything, any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Champions have to discipline their thought life If we don't, then what's going to happen? Well, our thoughts. Right where we start to think towards, that's the direction we go. Right, if we start to to think big things for God and and think of His plans and purposes, and He's got a destiny for us, um, you know, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. If we start to think that way, that's the direction we're going. Do you drive a car? If you do, wherever you're looking, that's probably what direction you're going to drive towards. Okay, if you're looking in the ditch all the time, you're probably going to end up there, right? So, so stinking thinking will drive us into the ditch, right? But look in the direction where God has us. Read the Word of God, renew your heart, renew your thoughts, renew your mind. So I want to talk about breaking off this, um, this limitation and the Jabez example is probably the best one I can think of. Okay, Um, the prayer of Jabez, I don't know, maybe some of you have read that book, but the prayer of Jabez um, is based off of this scripture, 1 Chronicles 4.10. And I'm going to read the New King James Version. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I would not be grieved. So, God granted him what he requested, right so bless me indeed, Lord, that you would bless me indeed, so Jabez was not a blessed man he he, he was lacking in so many areas, he was lacking in material things he was um, he was honorable well behaved, but he had a bad label, okay when you look at the prayer, he prayed um, you know we, we can say, well, that's crazy to pray that way when, when your circumstances are so different. Um, so he had no money. He was living in debt. He had no job. He was suffering, right? So uh, he was, had a life that was um, um, full of hardship and strife and, and, and lack, you know, but he prayed in faith that God would bless him indeed. Um, and he also prayed next that God would enlarge his territory. So he was limited. He had limits. Okay. He was not advancing in life. He had been living in the same run-down house for years. He couldn't pay his rent. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? Um, in his current home, much less building uh, the new the new house that he ended up doing. Um, the next prayer he said was that, "...your hand would be with me." Jabez could not see the hand of God in his life and what he was doing. Okay. There was failure all around him. And that you would keep me from evil... Okay, Jabez must have had evil experiences. Okay, same way some of us have. Okay, I've had lots of evil experiences in my life. You know, and, and Jabez said, keep me from evil, God. Break off these limitations so that you would not grieve me. Okay, Jabez was not the happiest guy in the world until he started crying out to God and praying this prayer. So I just encourage you today that it, to be a champion for God. Be a champion for God. Lose as much as you can, right? Listen to that Holy Spirit, yes, inside of your heart, and and say yes, God, right? Eliminate those excuses. Stay a part of, of, of a body of healthy believers. Okay, become sharp and let them encourage you. Encourage others, right? That's what champions do. And finally, break off limitations on your life, right? Just like Jabez did, those spiritual limitations, that fear, um, our thinking, the way we think, break break off those limitations and God will bless you. So Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just pray for those champions and training out there, Lord. I pray, God, that you put these principles deep into their spirit, deep into their hearts, and you just um, mold and shape those areas of their life, change areas, adjust their lives, God, Eliminate those excuses and, and raise up champions um, in Jesus' name. And um, I just thank you so much for watching another episode of Equip TV. And I just encourage you today, if you want prayer, just to call our hotline at one eight seven seven five eight eight one six six four. 1664 And we just thank you so much for watching today. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, HSBN Television.